0: Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
1: Hello, Salon Sleuth fans. We started this podcast right before the COVID stay-at-home order. So we've had to move our recordings remotely and separately. We apologize for the sound quality, but we're doing our part to keep everybody safe. We hope you enjoy today's topics and continue to listen. For our listeners today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Renee Terrell. She's a highly sought after spiritual psychic medium. She has offices both in Portland and Milwaukee, Oregon, but she also does phone sessions all over the world. In addition to this, she also is the founder and teaches classes in psychic development at the Northwest Psychic Institute of Milwaukee. She's an extremely down-to-earth and wonderful woman, and we had an hour, a little over an hour and 15-minute conversation with her, and we wanted to share that with you today, all about the world of psychics, mediums, intuitives, and how it all intertwines with our daily lives. Please give a listen, and we hope you enjoy.
2: The divine is everywhere. You know, there are synchronicities everywhere, there are connections everywhere, and it's miraculous, you know, if we just pay attention, right? And it's amazing how even if we don't, it still keeps trying to pop up. It still keeps trying to present itself anywhere it can. We just tend to overthink all the time, right? So,
1: you know, that that kind of leads us into like some of the questions I have for you, Renee. And I'm a interior designer. So it's interesting. New designs, when I do design, never cease to like impress me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh! I do this all the time, but this is so gorgeous. So so interesting to hear you say the same thing. And ha- I I would love to know how it sounds like it is amazing to you, but how it comes to you as a person in in terms of like um, your amazement about it, and if it's just constantly bombarding you because you are connected to it or if you can sort of turn it off and have a normal life.
2: Oh my goodness. So because I was so bombarded and frightened of things as a kid, because in my upbringing and kind of generation, uh, it was not the norm. It wasn't as acceptable, right? It was either that you're some carnival fortune teller or you're nuts or the devil, you know, who's out to get you, you know, it was like all oh, those terrible stuff. And everywhere we moved is a kid, which was a lot, we moved a lot, um, was haunted. And I didn't realize till I got older that it was just me. And so fortunately I inadvertently learned to tune things out by trying to ignore it, not pay attention to it. And that came in handy many years later when I got into martial arts and I started getting intrigued by energy and being present in the now and perceiving things and it, everything that I'd kind of squashed, you know, or wasn't paying attention to, opened back up big time. That was kind of my reawakening, so to speak. And, but I learned that if I paid attention to it, it was more intense, right? If I wasn't paying attention to it, not so bad. So kind of selection of focus, right? And um the being present in the now and very empty, you know, meaning not having, thinking the way that we do on a day-to-day basis was the perfect grounds for or foundation for perception because we're in the now we're paying attention with highly sensory right perception. Our senses are heightened. And it taps us in even more. So as I got more intrigued about energy and this and that and um found out about, you know, uh an author named Rosemary Altea that happened to be on Larry King one day that I just happened to turn the TV on and I was like, oh my God, this lady's on this huge, you know, Larry King television show talking about dead people this is fascinating and oh my gosh you know and I read her information and felt like her but still didn't even know that that was what I do and it led kind of my processing to figure out what was happening and very typical me I just started doing intuitive readings because I knew things about people I always loved to help people still didn't even know that I did mediumship work and um It took off from there. You know, the best way I can describe it is that the spirit world has been directing or guiding this from the get-go and even dumped me into the deep end of the pool without telling me so I wouldn't quit early, right? So because because this work is so uh, rewarding, but exhausting all at the same time. And what is always so amazing about it and never surprising is that it always varies. I never know what to expect. And that's a lot for people, and it's tricky even working with students to remind them, you don't need to know anything. Our job isn't to know anything or everything. Our job is to create space to allow whomever or whatever is needing to communicate the space to do so. And then us sharing that, right? Being the mouthpiece, right? Or the spokesperson for that. Without editing, without critiquing, without discernment, because that skews the accuracy too, right? So uh, it blows me away still on a day-to-day basis, the stuff that comes through. And I laugh because I tell clients, I'm like, look, I'm in the same boat you are. I don't know what's going to happen. We all hope it works. I don't charge if it doesn't because I'm caring. Actually, I actually am fair. Um, But I will always be the one in the room catching up to what it is that they themselves the client know because I'm just receiving and sharing and half the time I'm going what really I have to share that (laughs)
1: like oh geez yeah I never thought of that
2: now do you ever doubt yourself I still have that human component and I've been doing sessions 23 24 years now professionally and that's not even all the stuff right from when I was younger and I you know I say this even to students too. I have those days where I'm like, God, don't let it be broken. <laughs> you know. And, and I hope that I'm doing okay. You know, if you're a little more tired, a little more stressed, it takes more ampage. You know, it takes more work. I have to stay very centered and empty to observe and share everything, but not take it on. And that's tricky because it's hard not to care about things, right? And there are once in a blue moon times where it just doesn't align quite right. And it's kind of like a radio frequency, right? If the radio dials just stitch off, you can get interference or you can get where things aren't quite aligning right. And I've just had to learn, you know, I would worry so much about letting the client down, which I don't like that, you know, at all, but I have to be honest with people. So if there is a faulty connect or something in the way maybe because the client's really not quite ready and they thought they were maybe because the person's spirit feels too guilty right uh are holding back a little bit we don't charge for that you know we just either reschedule or i get them to somebody else that i know can get that connection for them because it's not about me it's about serving right it's about helping and so yeah i'm i'm human as well you know even though i'm a, a an amazing receiver you know so to speak i'm still human and um I think that's what's so important about this work, though, too. It isn't about just me, you know, and it's also one of the reasons why I was on TV all the time, you know, and, and radio so much, too. I don't have the, you know, the um, comical persona, right, of the spiritual person. <laughs> i every day. Oh, I certainly, because again, I'm human. I certainly have days where I'm exhausted, you know, I have um, a very delicate constitution already. Right. anyway. My body's crazy sensitive, which probably ties into why I can do what I do. And it's interesting because I'm the battery, you know, for these individuals that are coming in. And then I'm also embodying, uh, because I'm a trans medium too, I am embodying the experience and the emotion of each of these people on the other side, let alone perceiving the client, right, that's physically in the room as well. And so I'm being taken from, but also kind of in a strange way inundated, right, with all intensity. And I, exactly. And so I definitely, you know, I go through the day oftentimes wondering why my head is hurting, and then I find out my first client's loved one had a brain tumor, you know, or was in an accident, or I feel like, you know, I'm just sick you know and then find out oh that's tied to this other client and I've gotten good at clearing and discernment and aligning my energies fine and doing everything I need to do but it's exhausting work and so yeah I definitely have moments where oh it'd be so nice you know that uh, that I could retire you know or take off here and there and just be at the beach and kind of get away and I think everyone has that you know with work in general anyway it's, It's beautiful work. I love helping people. It's fascinating work, but yeah, tiring all at the same time. Now, I will tell you if ever in the past I have threatened to kind of quit or retire, I get over inundated in my schedule, so I can't quit. I am not joking. So I don't say that (laughs) ever publicly because I end up stuck, right? One way or the other.
1: (laughs) I love that. So also you, you brought two things up. One is um, the, tr- the, uh, the subject of trans medium, but before I get, cause we have some questions about you kind of helping us to define that for the listeners. Um, but, but also like, what is your passion as it relates to the readings? What, which ones do you just like, oh my gosh, this just fills my soul. And this is what makes me keep doing this every day.
2: Oh, I love that. So um, I think two different focuses, mostly helping people with that closure and the connection with their loved one to really help them understand that they themselves can learn to be relating with their loved ones in a new way and to create that foundation for them to manage in their day-to-day lives. So I love the, the healing work, the transformation work, the, the support work, right, in that. So giving them access themselves, right, to their loved ones. So I love the mediumship end of it. I also love, which is part of what I was just saying too, the mentoring work of things, whether it's a client and helping them be more in touch with, you know, their sweetheart that just died or their child, helping people understand their own gifts though too, so that they can then make their own life better and or others. Yeah, and really make make a positive stigma attached to this instead of,
1: you know, my mother, I, I've done readings a couple of times and my mother was very hesitant because in her eyes, she was brought up to believe that it was a sign of the devil or, you know, Satan. And so, you know, what I always said to her, and I'd love your take on this, was mom, this this can't be that because when you actually do one, you have such a level of comfort and peace about your soul. And your loved ones that have passed, that there is no way you can tell me that this is not coming from a divine positive place.
2: Sadly, so many of us have fear about things that we don't understand, but we're also taught what we need to be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it is very important to always be careful, right? To be cautious, be safe, and doing the right things. But when things are positive and help an individual become more conscious. Helps them heal, right? Helps them become more clear. And it helps them become more connected to the divine, whatever we call that. Then we okay. So again, like you were saying, you pay attention, how does it feel? And I have had so many clients say, you know what? I've spent a lifetime Avoiding, you know, their own religious upbringings or being mad at God or this and that and the other and the work that we do helps them have a better relationship with God. The God that I know, which we all have so many terms for, right, you know, source, all that is, um, is loving. It's our human thinking and perceptiveness, you know, perceptions that can skew that because we don't understand so many things that happen and the why and how we label that or try to ascertain why things are occurring or not occurring. And this connectedness beyond our 3D, you know, type of world, this human construct of thinking that we have of existence is so limited and work. The basis of all this work is to really show people this is not all that is. There is existence beyond the body. We're not just the brain walking around in a body that we can actually have a connectedness and we have a tie heart-wise to those that we love, whether we're in a body, not in a body. That This is the finite here in the body.
1: My question for you, before we get into the difference between you said transmedium, is do you ever take like a... Can you take a big vacation and just clear your mind and not do this?
2: Yes. I mean, I was still always perceive things just because that's who and what I am. But for the most part, uh, I am able to, and again, thank heavens to my martial arts training uh, and then my own spiritual learning that I've gotten just through session work over time. I can be completely clear. I can let it all go. I can let it all be, or I can pay more attention to it, but I can also be in such a state that if I'm perceiving something, I'm fine and I can just go on about whatever I'm wanting to do. So, uh, but I do have good boundaries. If some, you know, somebody's poking at me to say, sorry, this is my day off. (laughs) You're not supposed to do it right now, you know, and it's quite comical if you would have told me, you know, even 10 years ago, that I would have to now when I go to bed ask my own angels to clear the room and say that someone's loved ones are hanging out. They need to go with their stay with their loved ones until they're you know, they're with me in session, like their butts are in the chair or they're on the phone or they're on the video, right? Uh I would have thought that was nuts, but if I don't do that, I get woken up a lot. But yes, I can get away to the beach for a week, you know, or go away for a bit and just step out of it. There will always be. An awareness of energy for me, though, there will always be an awareness of spirit, but I'm able to choose, right, where I have my focus.
1: I'm sure a lot of our listeners watch the, what is it, New Jersey? Yeah, medium, a lot of
2: medium. medium. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it really does kind of pop up into your everyday life when you're trying to go about your business. It can.
2: The difference, uh, and she's fantastic. I joke that I'm the West Coast, you know, I'm a West Coast medium because I'm not an in-your-face let me give you a reading uh, and tell you all about this, that, and the other because of a, a few simple things. One, I really believe that you should have permission from an individual to open that kind of can of worms with people. It's too emotional. The emotional crash that can happen with a person afterwards can be really great. The other thing is, this work isn't about me, you know, and being kind of on the, on the, uh. Dull all the time, or needing to kind of seem flashy and important and this and that and the other. Third, it takes so much energy to do this that if we don't have boundaries and we do it all the time, it takes a very critical toll on the health. And I actually found that out, oh my goodness, about 10 years or so ago. I had a big, big crisis, you know, and kind of crash with my health because I didn't realize how much energy it takes to do this work and how emotional it is too. So if people don't have boundaries, take time off, they're giving messages everywhere, anywhere. They're going to be drained and tapped all the time by people in spirit. And not everybody's ready for this work. So I don't, you know, I don't see that I should be going up to people and saying, let me tell you all about yourself. That's about me, not you, right?
1: Well, and I know that I get it every time I go into somebody's house or go to a barbecue, and I tell them what I do, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I want some help with this, and I want some help with that." What do you think about this? And you're like, "Okay, a, do you really want to know?" And b,
2: it's
1: my day off. (laughs)
2: That's exactly right. So there has to be a kind of balance, right? And I think you know, goodness, with any job that you do, we can't work twenty four seven. And people forget, I think. That we actually are human.
1: Yeah,
2: I can do these extraordinary things, but I still have a body to attend to. I still have a psyche to attend yeah. to. I'm still an individual. And I we're think
1: it's going to make a living, life. right?
2: Well, yeah, and I think it's just assumed that we should know everything all the time and be on all the time. And oh my gosh, so yeah, people would work me to death if they could. They wouldn't mean to, yeah. but they learn to take care of me. So. So
1: can you explain to us um, the difference, you said transmedium, which I've actually never heard of, but um, certainly I've heard a lot of other words. Um, I think we wrote, we wrote some down, but I've, you know, medium, psychic, um, intuitive. Can you kind of just run through um, the differences maybe?
2: Yes, yes. And I'll start with kind of the, the, the latter few that you just brought up. So The term psychic's been used for forever, and that's more for when people are divining future things for people, right, or picking up things for people. So I'm psychic. The term intuitive is a a lighter term for psychic. It's just that we're paying more attention to as intuitives where things are trending rather than assuming it's like set solid in a book, right? And it's usually perceived more by a sense of perceptions that we're sharing with people. Okay. Um, So I'm both intuitive, is kind of the knowing, right? And so the medium, so that would be more like think life coaching, right? Or life guidance. When we are dealing with mediums, that specifically should be, uh, you know, clarifying or identifying those people that communicate with people that have passed away, and or animals, right? Individuals that have passed away. And so connecting with someone's, you know, grandmother, you know, that has passed or even their dog, right? So, um, or child or husband or this and that. And there's different ways to perceive as a medium. So we can intuitively pick up data and information from that soul or that cosmos, but it reflects through your own sensory channels. And a trance channel does that as well, except that they can actually hold space within their body so that the spirit uses their body, their energy through which to communicate. So the movie Ghost is a really great example of this, believe it or not. So you have this ability? Yes, correct. Oh my gosh, wow, okay, tell me. So So sometimes the information will come in and I will get images in my head or I'll hear them in my head or I have feelings and impressions but within my body. So as I mentioned earlier, like when someone passes away, I can be sitting with the physical client that's come in and say, oh my goodness sakes, okay, I have this individual here because I'm either hearing, right, their title in my head or I have a sense of who and what that is. And then we actually work to see what form of communication that particular spirit uses. And if the are really good at communicating or kind of get a a hang of the ropes, they're actually in my space so tight, you know, so close that I start feeling like them. So I can feel that they died of congestive heart failure or somebody OD'd or there was a brain tumor or something going on in the head as if I'm walking through it or I have it at the same time. So I can then share that with the client as well. And my mannerisms change to match that of the person gone phrasing, verbiage that comes in matches that of the person that's gone. So rather than it just being data, which is fabulous, though, too, because it's all part of the work. It's all things that are needed. The trance part of it, that deeper part, is where you get more of their character, more of the uh, kind of data embodied as well. So.
1: Is there any, you know, seen this where there's maybe a message that you don't have necessarily the words for. So you're going to see some image and you're like, I'm not exactly sure what this is. Like I had one reading, which was about a smashed penny. Um, that that person giving me the message only knows what they are seeing or imagining or seeing, I mm-hmm. guess, or feeling, mm-hmm. right? Is there ever yeah. any confusion in your mind as to what that message really is?
2: Well, there will always be to the reader because we don't know your data. So, what gets readers into trouble? Me too. Even if I see something, and I get too curious and then I pop out. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, switch gear. It's not up to me to interpret it. So, what's so crucial and important is we share as we as exactly or specifically as we get it, without trying to over explain or over analyze or discern. We share it, but if a reader stays in connectedness. So with the divine, eternal consciousness, the spirit they're working with, whether that's a loved one, a guide, an angel, et cetera. Right. Uh And a client says, I don't understand. All we have to do is go back to that source and say, tell us more. So if you stay in the connectedness, Mm -hmm. data will follow. What gets any of us and all of us into trouble is if we go, well, I don't understand it because now I'm in my head, Uh not going to the source of that information. And it's tricky because we all want to know. Inquiring minds want to know, even for readers, right? You know, we're like, we need to understand this. You know, that's fascinating. But dink, we've now left the communication. So I usually will tell clients if at any point you don't understand what I'm talking about, uh, tell me so that I can get more data for you. And most of the time, everything flows pretty well. But once in a while, something will come in a little chunky like that, or a little piecemeal where I've got like a random little bit, and I'll even go, huh. I don't know what this is. Now more often than not the client will go, "Oh, I know what that means." And I'm like, "Good, then I'm going to keep rolling because you're <laughs> fine." But if they're not sure either, all we do is stay with the individual in spirit, right? Or that essence from the divine. And they will start adding more communication if we just wait. The hardest part for all humans is the waiting, the patience, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Stay in the flow, more data comes and And sometimes, sometimes don't you think we're too literal? Oh, yes. And I have to remind, thank heavens, most clients aren't. But I remind clients that like this may be symbolic, not literal. Don't get too hung up on my verbiage because, a, am not in a place where my vocabulary is when I'm channeling. I'm not in my normal brain, right? I'm out and perceiving from a whole different angle. But also they're, you know, trying to pop things through as best they can. So it's kind of this elaborate game of charades in a sense, right? Mm Of one spirit are trying to figure out any way they can get that data across. And sometimes it's a thought. Sometimes it's pictures, words, feelings, you know, and it just depends on the strength of them, my strength today, how comfortable and ready and open the client is because it's like a conference call that's going on, you know, with the energy. And also if someone is way too cerebral and we get something that is on the money, sometimes they still don't even get it. Even you know, when it's not symbolic, you know, because they're overthinking or they're thinking of something else. So yeah, it does help to be open, not dissect every tiny little thing, but just be with the experience. And it's really quite magical. But if the client tries to steer the session, they they can definitely um squash it, you know. I was gonna say, Renee, I've had a reading with you where at the time it made no sense, but it was like months later. It like it all made sense what you had said and you're like I don't know why I'm feeling this way and then it was um probably it was like three months later it all made sense I was like oh my gosh she said this but I didn't believe it because it you know it didn't make sense at that time and then something else came into play so even if they're getting a message it may not make sense at that moment but it could in the future yeah yeah Yes. And I'm, I'm do, I do better with reminding people that now, you know, you know the, the older I get and the more I do this, it's a little easier to kind of tell clients, you know what, the way this is coming in to me is so clear, so solid. I know it doesn't make sense. A, let's wait and see if maybe more data comes in so it makes more sense or B, let's just make a note of it because it will make sense, you know, and then it can be life stuff because things haven't occurred to us yet, but spirit because they kind of are more at light speed. They don't have time. There is a little more ahead of us anyway. They can tell where we're trending, you know, they move faster. Things are slower down here. They're kind of the deja vu moment, whereas we're almost a little in the past. <laughs> we're kind of dragging. So sometimes they know a bit of where we're trending. We haven't seen it yet. And because we are all cerebral, you know, we all have minds. We want to understand what's going on. And if it doesn't make sense, it's very common for the brain to kick it out or reject it, you know, for all of us. It doesn't matter how connected we are. We are either. So yeah, it always helps to remember with anything, even our own intuitive hits, just because it doesn't make sense to the mind because it doesn't have the data yet. Doesn't mean it won't be, or it isn't in some way.
1: Well, and I've heard the term being used and thrown around about spirit guides. Mm -hmm. Do you believe there's a difference between your loved ones and those that are trying to send a message and the spirit guides, or are they all trying to get you on the right track or you know, send a message about you being, you know, moving in the right direction, do
2: you think? All all of the above. So um, is there a difference? Yes. So spirit guides, the the general kind of idea or terminology that's kind of the, the, the short, sweet and simple, think of spirit guides as evolved helpers or teachers. So they're kind of your panel of support. And they're generally very specific to different areas that you are trying to improve on in your life or work on. Your loved ones, which oftentimes we use the term kind of guardian angels, if they're the right kind of person for you, people that you didn't care about, probably not going to be hanging around you after they die because they're not going to want to be mastering you and they got their own work to do. But let's say if someone was really close to like their dad that died, right? Or Mm -hmm. Graham. Um, oftentimes we use the term guardian angels for them because they're popping in they're checking in from time to time to make sure you're okay or they'll nudge when needed for safety or support or if dad was great at business stuff and you're needing help with it you may hear him in your head you know from time to time going don't do that try this so they can be helpers too whereas spirit guides you get an actual being that is more a specialist in that area. So if you're wanting to work on your spiritual growth and development, you get a spiritual teacher. If you're wanting to work on, say, painting, you get a guide, an actual teacher that understands painting. Isn't that cool?
1: It's very cool. And if, if I mean, I've done a little bit of research, but I'm so not an expert, but um, you kind of have the same spirit guides. Like you, the the way it's been explained to me is you set up before you came down, for this life that you would have these people up there like making sure you followed the map. Is Is that that kind of of how you would put it?
2: Yes. And yet, Uh, because we have free will and sometimes we end up off course or going different directions, they can actually shift and change and choose. So my experience thus far and I'm so humble and I'm always reminding uh, even just my own students this too. We never know all of it. We've got grand theories and we've got great validation for a lot of it, but there's so much we don't understand, right? doesn't matter how I do this, I will still always say it because I'm still learning, which is fantastic because there's more to learn always. But yes, we have particular things that we choose and individuals that we uh, are given and or that we choose before we come in to be guides. So you'll have main ones that remain. But some of your spirit guides are going to change depending on your purpose for them. Because if we don't need them, they're not just going to float around all the time. So if we're wanting to work on our spiritual growth and development, but we detour for 10 years because life is happening, they're not just going to sit and hover, right? You know, and work on work with you on that. Or if you're wanting to be the best musician that you can be, if you have muses, you know, or guides to work with you on that, they're not just going to kind of sit and twiddle their thumbs till you're ready to go again. So and teachers come and go, depending on what you focus on. But your main guides, which is what you were talking about, yes, they they work with you. Your guides can also evolve, though, as you graduate and you work through higher levels of things, too, because you don't need a beginner guide if you're working at advanced levels. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And how do you, I'm sure you've
1: gotten better at this, and that's what probably the whole process is about, but how do you know, or do you question even, this is my own thought versus this is a message. How
2: do you oh, tell the difference? Boy, is that a good one. And that's one that we could talk about for, gosh, forever. So, most often for the everyday person, me included, if your brain questions it, you didn't come up with it. Was oh. that for great logic? Because my guides told me that one day in a session, and I went, oh, that's a good one. Because if It came in, you didn't expect it. You don't know where it came from or why it's even there, right? If you're poking at it, your brain doesn't have the information for it. It wasn't from your brain. The other thing is that when things come from the divine, it usually is unexpected and it's usually very neutral or clear in feeling, very simple, very, very clear. And it doesn't spark doubt or stress or upset or chaos Fear, no negativity. So it's just data that pops up. Now the really good ones will make you feel lighter and more clear. The best ones, I say, kind of light people up like a Christmas tree. (laughs) You know, meaning like ding, 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 ding when you get a good insight, right? But Uh sometimes it's just that gentle. It can be a very still, quiet kind of inner voice that we're like, huh? But see again, the questioning it pops in. So our brain always follows after any input that we get. Usually the first insight that we get is the intuitive one or the inspiration or communication that comes through too.
1: Because I have had two, well, there's really been three experiences, but two were similar. Mm-hmm. And after they happened, it was while I was sleeping. And I one was actually a message. And I, it was like she was standing in front of me. It was uh, adopted grandmother that had passed. Mm. I literally knew that was her smelled like her. I couldn't tell you what the smell was now, but smelled like her. She spoke to me very comforting, no fear. You know, in my wake mind, I think I would have probably been afraid because I was like 18 years old. Sure. Um, yeah. And then the second experience for me, um, was after my dad passed, I had this like fluttering through my body while I was sleeping, but it kind of woke me up, but not completely woke me up. Yeah. And I knew. Oh, that was him. And I just went back to sleep. And that's happened twice. And I know. That, I knew that his body went through my body. And I'm like, this is just crazy. Like you can't t- you can't make this stuff up.
2: That's exactly right. So, a being unconscious, b knowing always precedes thought. Meaning we have experiences and then the brain catches up wanting to dissect it or discern it. So, so interesting. the experience that you had couldn't have been created by you because you weren't looking for it. You weren't expecting it. But notice the knowing that you had because your consciousness understood it. The brain is still waiting for data, hence it questions because it's saying, I don't have this in my apps. I don't know how to compute this. I'm like, figure this out when it's a profound experience like that. And we are in alignment with our knowing or we're in that moment of that knowing the brain actually calms down because it recognizes it as truth until later. Like if you have stayed awake and then started picking it apart and then we leave the experience and then we look in our mind for the data and there is no data in there because it doesn't have that information. So, of course, it spins right and questions. So you, so you felt him kind of shaking you, like "Hey, I'm here." That's sweet? It, it was kind of like a
1: flutter through my body. It was yeah. weird. And yeah. why does he? Why would he show up like that? And then my grandma show up as a message.
2: Because it depends on which mode that you're in, like what way they can get to you at the time. Mm. It also depends on their own energy, their styles of communication. And what they have access to, because it takes them a lot of coordinating and energy to come through in any way that we can perceive. And that's something. Do you remember in Ghost how he would get excited, uh, exhausted, trying to even move the pennies at first, and then in time he got better at it. And then Whoopi Goldberg's character could hear him, but she didn't see him until later. But some mediums see. So it depends on our sensory channels that are strongest as the receiver, but also for those in the spirit world. How much energy do they have? What style of communicator are they? And what way can they then get that through to you?
1: Oh my gosh, we could talk about this forever too, because and how do they fun. get better at that? Do you even know, or do you guys just make guesses? Or
2: they? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I think we're all still figuring it out. But one of the things that I love is getting to ask people in spirit, what are they doing? What's this like? How's this working? But even when I'm working with them, They'll get stronger. It's like they're kind of seeing how I work. I'm seeing how they work. We're both adjusting. It's like adjusting that radio dial, right? Getting in minor tune frequencies, and we learn together. But I tell you this: I didn't have a teacher for what I do in the physical world. So when I said they dumped me in the deep end of the pool, I'm not joking. Stuff just started happening. I would share it. Oh my gosh! You know, it's a trip. (laughs) Things things are working. I didn't know how it was happening, and over time i've learned from those in spirit my own helpers divine because i usually connect straight to the old that is right divine source god uh and then people's family members or loved ones their guides their angels and by us asking them how it works what they're doing right how that is working. I've learned, you know, and then they learn. Some of them are just instant pros because they're just great talkers. Oh my God. The fun ones are ones that are really kind of filled with moxie, right? I love great cool individuals because they talk no problem. The thing the ones that are even funnier are people that died that were atheists. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> belligerent, you know, you get these belligerent kind of people in life anyway, and they're like, what the F are we doing here? <laughs> Why are you spending your money on this? You know, or, you know, we still get their personalities, but I call it their healthier, happier versions of themselves. They're not bound by the mind, their chemistry, their damage, their belief systems anymore. It's an eye opener where they get clarity, right? So everyone's resolving things, releasing things, healing things, getting better, seeing things from a newer point of view. So we learn from them, but they learn just like we do how this stuff works. They're not just instant masters and pros of enlightenment and spiritual communication. Like if you have, you know, someone that passed that, Oh my gosh, it would have been the devil's work or they were scientific or, you know, like agnostic, or if they were atheist, they're not just going to come in strolling in, you know, easy peasy communicating. They're going to come in cautious, you know, wondering what we're doing. I'm okay. And things are fine. Right. So
1: that would explain the two different messages, too.
2: There you Her. go. Different styles. Yeah. And notice the styles probably actually fit the personalities a bit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And, and the so, dad would want to show you so that you understood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because he wasn't a big communicator that way.
2: No. Nope. Yeah.
1: What about deja vu? How does that play into? this whole thing? Or is that, I mean, I've read things, you know, scientifically that it's just sort of, you know, a blip in your wiring and it's not really that you've been here before.
2: (laughs) Okay. So disclaimer i am not a quantum physicist or you know physics person in any way shape or form i had a very monotone teacher in physics very nice guy but <laughs> none of it stuck. <laughs>
1: didn't make you love it
2: huh <laughs> but no but so and i'm very much a realist scientific i was going to go to like be a nurse or doctor and life took me a whole different trajectory thank heavens because this is much more fun um still doing healing work but long I was gonna time,
1: say, you're still in that sort of realm
2: Exactly. Still doing healing, but in a cooler way, right? You know, helping. Yeah. And so, uh, it's definitely far more entertaining too. And so, uh, but with quantum physics, even the general theory is that there is no time, and everything's kind of layered, and we have different perceptions, and everything's interconnected, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Deja vu from the spiritual standpoint, which still does fit in with, with some of the basics of quantum physics. Again, not my territory, right? So don't crucify me on this one, but <laughs> experience <laughs> the spiritual end of it. Our spirit bodies, our higher consciousness moves at light speed and is interconnected kind of in the matrix or the old that is or the cosmos, right? Everything's one. Everything's linked in some way and there's tons of different ways people like to describe that depending on their kind of school of thought or beliefs deja vu the easiest way to describe it is the spirit itself getting a glimpse of ahead of time because it already is there speed of light things are moving faster our physical bodies which are bound by gravity and denser it takes time for it to catch up so even if you think of it as your spirit got a glimpse ahead And then we finally catch up to it. That's kind of the easiest way to look at it. But this Mm -hmm. is always a little bit ahead of us. That's why oftentimes that grandma can come in and say, oh my gosh, I know so-and-so is going to be having a baby and nobody's pregnant yet. And then guess what? Later, ding, right? Or, oh, I know, you know, this job change is going to be happening or don't do that. This other thing's going to be better because they're already in that now. They're already in that space. We just move slower down here and catch up
1: that wild yeah it it is and you know i thank you for answering that because i've had that question a lot and i'm like well i don't really know if it's a truly quantum physics thing or if it's a spirit thing they're Um,
2: both they're both they're intertwined it really is both consciousness right is still part of quantum physics And, and do you notice that when we have deja vu, there's a clarity to it? So mm-hmm. I want to talk about, look for the clarity and the how it feels. There's an is it, other... is it meant to send a message? Sometimes it's kind of an awareness. Other times I think it's just that, that we again catch up to where another part of us has been, right? So um, sometimes it can be for messages or kind of insight, but most often it's just kind of a little blip.
1: How do you deal with the negative things, the negative messages that you may have or negative feelings that come across? Um, how does that as a person or do you just stay in that moment? So maybe what you're telling me is you stay in that moment and you don't really um, get into yourself, into your brain about the negative stuff. So.
2: Correct. So a couple of different angles to this. So if I am perceiving something that in my body is painful, right, or not fun or not pleasant, uh, especially what is going on or what has happened to someone. My job staying in the now is to experience it and let it go, right? So release it as, as best I can. It's not mine, right? And that's how, as a person, I have to manage because otherwise I embody it all and keep it. Now, with a client, I get clients asking all the time, well, what if what if something negative comes up? Are you going to tell me? And I said, look, I'm going to share everything that I get with you. However, I'm a fixer. You know, I'm a helper person, uh, very much a realist and yet an optimist, you know. So if something comes across from spirit that's not good or not okay, it doesn't come across in a dark or a freaky kind of way. It generally is simple data, but it will always come with advice or suggestions as to how to navigate through it or how to make it better.
1: Okay. And so I was gonna say I've never heard negative stuff. I I've, I've heard things like I had a friend once who was in a not great marriage and a psychic said, you know, look, you have a cloud, there's a dark cloud over your marriage and a dark cloud over your husband. And he's got to figure some stuff out. If this is going to work. Bingo. And it didn't, you know, they, it didn't end up working years later, but, um, you know, it wasn't like, Hey, you're going to divorce.
2: Correct. Correct. Because more the intuitive end of being psychic, like great advisors are that they're advisors because people have free will. It's not our job to tell people how they need to do things, because that would be my opinion. However, if you have a grandma that was maybe kind of bossy and helpful, you know, she might be like, what are you doing with that person? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, so, so, but on the psychic intuitive end of it, you know, great, great readers, great advisors, but also when you're tapped into spirit properly, the data comes in, we look at what's going on, we look at, what a person's options are, you know, Mm -hmm. and cons. And then it's up to the client to kind of figure things out. We can look at where things are trending and then it's still up to them as to what they do with it. But spirit doesn't bring in panic and freak out. Even when something's not great, even if they're trying to warn you of something, they'll say, we want you to pay attention to X, Y, Z, or kind of heads up. So-and-so's health hasn't been doing good, has it? And they're like, no, Hey, we need to do this. So it's solution oriented. It's positive oriented. And I think a lot of it is also that that's my nature, though, too. So that's what I will tap into and how I perceive. Whereas there are some people that uh, where they come from as individuals might be more stressed or doom and gloom. And guess how they perceive their data? Because it's going through those filters. I don't run stuff
1: through me. Right. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. Because you ever see like some people would be like, oh, everybody has a negative entity attached you're like no they don't like life just happened <laughs> like come on people i was going to say so in your opinion
1: like do you see auras or or negativity surrounding people that you're like oh that's a that's a not nice person or a really evil being
2: it's not always it's not always seeing the auras per se i can i can tune in and tap into that but i'm so sensory i'm so empathic and so intuitive as well meaning i feel so much and i have that inter- internal kind of knowing think of like a tuning fork we've all got in there right uh-huh. i call it a bs detector <laughs> right <laughs> that, that i can be around people and yeah either feel really heavy or stressed because they're stressed you know i can but i'm observing it right mm-hmm. i definitely have had moments where i'm like yeah nope bye <laughs> we're not doing this today. Somebody's a narcissist, you know, or abusive or controlling. And yeah, I know instantly.
1: You do. Okay.
2: And does that,
1: um, does that bring some bad energy into you if you did do a reading or was near
2: that person? No, actually, if I were resisting the energy, then it would hit me. I'm able to stay very compassionate. That's who and what they are. And that's their stuff. Now, if they're just a pill, that could block the energy of the session because they're trying to control mm-hmm. everything and themselves can get in the way. But thankfully, I have great training and being tactful with people. I'm very caring anyway, right? You and I'm like, it. yeah. discernment, like observing and letting it be what it is. But I can still have boundaries as to what's appropriate for me, right? So
1: do you believe that people are evil or is all the stuff in their life like you said very dark and heavy around them that created sort of what they are like a narcissist a psychopath.
2: Oh, yeah yeah yeah. So um I don't have a sense that it's a norm that like there's a dark entity that comes in and they're out of balance, right? Now there's good and bad in humanity, do you know what I mean, as well as spirit world too. However, uh like narcissistic sociopaths uh this and that and the other that is you know people that are that way again in my experience thus far because i'm still learning and opinions may change but from what i've experienced both sides right in spirit and here in this realm because we're subject to the human condition it's generally the genetics of the individual and or the damage that they have had uh, heard right through their life that shapes and creates what it is that they are. So here's the trippier, and I'll be real brief about this. What is trippier is I've talked to people after they died that were terrible monsters of people and they're clear on the other side and generally wanting to make amends fix things work quietly behind the scenes they don't hang around the people they abuse they're just trying to like release it fix it free them and they end up with clarity too so it's not always a soul thing and there's a big back and forth about that where everybody's like no it's a bad soul and I'm like well we don't know that yet do we yeah
1: yeah Interesting. And so, you know, what what we're a lot on our podcast is cold cases, missing cases, you know, and we we're researching kind of evil in some ways. Um, Do you try to stay away from that stuff? I know you used to do missing cases and kind of help try to help police and, and law enforcement. And right. you don't do that anymore because it's I think you you told Leslie it's tricky. Can you just kind of talk about that a little bit and what your experience is with that and how that is not something that is that fills you up?
2: Right, right. Uh, i I definitely did a good bit of that earlier in my career. Um, the The tricky parts about it for me is that I'm so sensitive and that I'm having to embody and literally relive all these experiences. It was too much, you know, for my actual physical, yet mental and emotional health. Mm-hmm. It's difficult oftentimes to get law enforcement that will want to cooperate or be helpful. But the harder part, even beyond those two things, is that most often the family members aren't ready to know yet. They need hope. They need to be able to hang on to any little thing that they can, uh, that their loved one may be around or alive or OK. and. Um, I had even, back when uh, the Oregon City cases uh, with Ward Weaver had happened, Mm -hmm. I had one of the girls show up in the session and it tripped them out and they said, nope, 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 we knew her, she ran off. And I'm like, you don't understand. (laughs) This young woman is standing by me. I don't even know who she is, you know, and started walking through it and they then later found them gone, but they didn't want to know. The family I offered to help for free, they needed hope that they still might be alive still. And so I oftentimes, most oftentimes, handle things on the other end of it now. Once they are past, we talk about what happened, what they went through. How are they doing now? Is there anything we can be doing for them? Because in actual cold, you know, in, in um, casework, especially if it's missing person stuff, I don't do missing person stuff so much because... It's hard sometimes perceiving whether what's coming through is because I'm intuitively tapping into the person versus is it the actual spirit that's come through, but it's also just so heart wrenching. You know, people don't, they're not ready yet to know. So I have the, you know, a good bulk of the work that I do. People come in because they don't know what happened or the why that I can then talk to the person on the other side with about that. Should they be ready to share that, you know? So whether it was suicide, whether it was on purpose, you know, somebody had murdered them, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And most often I think family members are just needing to know that their loved one's okay. Yes. And they're safe. So then we get to talk about where are they now? Who are they hanging out with, you know, on the other side, what, what's going on so that we know that there's still connectedness to them somehow. We haven't lost them completely, but just in our day-to-day world, the way that we, you know, knew and well, want them to be.
1: do they hang out. 'Cause you said that, that the spirits hang out. My my one of the messages that I got from my grandma was that my grandma and grandpa are, you know, dancing. They still love to dance. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, that's a little hard for me to find <laughs> 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 Like they're just wiggling around me dancing? Like, what's going on?
2: No, which is totally fun too. It's not that they so so two sides of this. One, are they being around us, right? Mm-hmm. Is from time it's not 24 7 because a you need a life b they have a life (laughs) right it would take too much energy anyway so they don't just float around 24 7 but think of it as if the easiest analogy i like to use is think of it as if they got to retire somewhere amazing right they're having a wonderful time they're healing they're learning they're visiting with other people they're doing things but they pop in to visit from time to time but even when they're not popping in for a visit there's still a connectedness where they can communicate. So think of that almost like a phone line or I am right, you know. And um, so they do experience things like that over there. And it really depends on the individual and what sustains them or fulfills them, what makes them feel wonderful. If someone loves flowers and gardens, we see them in flowers and gardens. If grandpa loved fishing, we see them out on a lake, you know. Um, Some people, we see them at their own home, you know, because they like that and they enjoy it. Others, they're traveling. We get someone that's a little more scientific and loved studying and reading, you know, is a bit more cerebral. They may be up there studying or exploring the cosmos, you know. So what it is that they do really depends on them, but also where they're at in their own journey over there, too. But isn't that an easier way to look at it? Imagine they've just relocated, right? Yeah. And they're having different experiences, but they're still in touch. And let me ask you this. Are you afraid to? No, I uh, Death is gorgeous, and I've had, you know, so long now of seeing it over there, but even as a little kid, I've always had a connectedness with the light, the divine, you know, the the loving qualities and energies of it, but all this proof, oh my gosh, of getting to know people that I've never known, right, mm-hmm. talking about it on other side, it is glorious over there. What's scarier is dying, mm-hmm. like how many of us crosses the finish line to leave the body, right? Mm-hmm. How long
1: it takes, how horrible it's going to be. Well, exactly.
2: No one wants to be suffering. Nobody wants to be lingering. Nobody wants crazy traumas. You know, death itself is remarkable. So I'm not afraid of not being here. I'm not ready to go yet. Um, I know that, and this is a tricky one that we'll have to talk about another time, but everyone gets to go. We just have different experiences as to what that may be, but... I'm not, I'm not worried about a country club points system. It doesn't exist. You know, we all go home.
1: Do you, uh, this is totally a weird off the wall question that just came to me. Sure. Do you believe in assisted suicide?
2: Yes, I actually do. Yeah. I'm fine being flat out about that too, because I see no reason for an individual to suffer, yeah. especially if they're dying anyway. Yeah. Why would we not have compassion for someone?
1: Yeah. I agree with you. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. We are two minutes
2: over. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm good. We need to know how people can get a hold of you, Renee, if they want to book an appointment. Oh, sure. My website's usually the easiest way, and that's askrenee.com. That's A-S-K-R-E-N-E-E ecom com. And I'm on Facebook under ask Renee too and I'm sure Instagram and all that other but the website will have links to all that too.
1: Well this is just riveting. I hope that you'll come back and talk with us another time because um, I'd love could, to. I, I feel like you and I could be best friends.
2: Yes yes <laughs> <laughs> love love to <laughs> love to love to love to gosh thank you so much you guys are just wonderful.
1: Thank you. to share with you one of my go-to pieces of clothing during this stay-at-home order. I have literally been living 24-7 in shorts or leggings and, of course, my favorite sports bra. I've been wearing this sports bra since it was created, but I wanted to share with our listeners and give you a discount code. I'm so excited. I only wear handful bras, and that's handful.com, Because they are so comfortable and easy to wear. They also flatter, not flatten if you know what I mean. They come in adorable colors and patterns. So you can wear them with anything. Through the summer, I'm always in a handful. My new favorite design of theirs is the double down bra. But I have all the styles and the leggings. And I love their leggings. They're wonderful. So I wanted to share with you. Go to handful.com. And use the code Sleuths. It's spelled S-A-L-O-N-S-L-E-U-T-H-S. You're going to get 25% off any one item on their entire site, including sale items. So I encourage you, check it out. You will literally not be sorry. The adjustable bra, for those of you who may be long torsoed or long or short, whatever, you can adjust it to where you fit. Love them, love them, love them. Get yourself one.